secret bunker somewhere outside of Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning podcast, Reality. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call Parareality. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Before we begin tonight's episode, let me tell you how you can contact me here, because as you know, there are a few different ways that you can go about doing that. So here they are. First of all, you can email me. That's the quickest and easiest way to get in contact with me here on Parareality. My email address is always sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Second, you can always find me on Facebook by going to the Parareality page on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. That's facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. Third, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram as well. My username on both Twitter and Instagram is Radio. That's at Radio on Twitter and Instagram. And the podcast is also available on YouTube. If you want to send me a message on YouTube, I do get a lot of people who message me on YouTube. You can always find my YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash user slash parareality1. That's the number one. So it's youtube.com slash user slash parareality1. And last but certainly not least, you can always call the podcast on the studio line, 615-692-1170, and leave me a message. I, uh, I'm in the studio a lot, working on the podcast and random times. And you never know, I may, uh, may just answer the phone when you call, probably not, but you always can, you can try it. So those are all the different ways you can contact me, Sandman, here on Pair Reality, and I'll Recap them once again, real quick. First of all, best and quickest and easiest way to contact me, send me an email, sandman at parareality.com. Visit me on my Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash sandman.parareality on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My username on both of those is at parareelradio. Follow me on YouTube. Leave me a message there if you want. It's YouTube dot com slash user slash parareality one or call the studio line 615-692-1170 and leave me a message now remember if you do decide to leave me a message you're giving me permission to play your message back on the air so if you don't want that to happen you'll need to let me know in your message so if there's something you don't want me to play back you better let me know better to do it first of all than at the end of your message but let let me know somewhere in there and if you've got some sort of interesting story you want to tell maybe you had something happen to you and and you just want to uh, get it off your chest or you just want to leave me a message about it heck I'm always looking for uh you know interesting topics and and uh, interesting stories for the podcast. So if you got a story you'd like to get on the show, tell it to me over the voicemail. There's about a three-minute time limit, and if you run out of time, call back and pick up where you left off. So those are all the different ways you can contact me here on the podcast. In case you forget, just listen to this again because I'm not going to repeat it all. <laughs> Man, I am really looking forward to bringing you tonight's episode of Pair Reality for a couple of different reasons. First of all, my guest has been on the podcast before, and I'm so happy that she's back gracing our presence, or gracing us with her presence, should I say, once again. And uh, second is she has a major announcement to make, and Parareality uh, is actually the first podcast that she has chosen to make this announcement on. So I feel very, very privileged that she is uh, coming on this podcast to make the announcement, the initial announcement to the world. So I'm super excited about that. Now, just exactly who is this person 
that has the big announcement? Well, it's Amanda Woomer from Spook Eats. I interviewed her back in uh, August of 2020, which was just last year. And if you don't know what Spook Eats is, let me tell you. Spook Eats is an online blog dedicated to travel and food and has a little bit of the paranormal thrown in there, too, just for good measure. Amanda is a huge travel buff. She's a foodie, and she's a lover of all things that's strange and paranormal. She's been visiting haunted locations since 2004, and she's been to dozens of haunted inns, taverns, restaurants, hotels, bars, you name it, all around the U.S. and even some overseas. She's also the author of five books, including The Spirit Guide, America's Haunted Breweries, Distilleries, and Wineries. And tonight, she's going to be telling us all about her latest project. Like I said, world premiere announcement here on Reality. So to learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we do that, it's fan mail time, my favorite time of the podcast, one of my favorite times on the podcast. And this comes from Robbie. And Robbie says, and I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit here. I just, uh, uh, Robbie says, your podcast has the best audio and sound quality. If you invested in such, it was worth every penny. I use Google Podcast and have subscribed to your podcast, activating the notification for new episodes. You maintain an excellent balance between fact and fiction. Well, first of all, Robbie, thank you so very much for the the nice comments that you just made about me. And yes, I have invested in some good quality equipment for this podcast. Now, I know I, I've said this for years and years, so bear with me again as I say it one more time. I know I'm not going to make the big time and I'm not going to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or more a year to host a podcast. Although, hey, look, if someone wants to pay me a hundred thousand dollars a year or heck, I'll even take 50, you know, yeah, but if someone wants to pay me money to do a podcast, I'll do, I'll do a weekly podcast instead of a biweekly podcast. I don't, I don't care. I, I would love to make the big time and to have this be how I earn my living, but I know that's not feasible, right? But just because it's not something that I'm going to make money at still doesn't mean I don't want to bring quality to the podcast. So I have invested in a lot of good equipment. I've got a great soundboard. I've got a great microphone and I even invested in a really good quality boom arm to support my good quality microphone. Now, there once upon a time I was using exclusively blue microphones um, for the podcast, and uh, I still love blue microphones. I have, I still have several. I have, I think, uh, four blue microphones. You know, I don't need all four of them, but I, but I have them anyway, and. As uh, I brought uh, a, an occasional co-host on, Eric, from World We Live In Podcast, you know, he, he comes in uh, every so often and, and co-hosts the podcast with me. But I found that the, the, the condenser on the blue microphones were just wasn't made to be in a room with multiple people in it. So I had to invest in a different microphone. And so I have this great Rode mixer here that I use and um, I thought well if I'm going to use the mixer I might as well get a Rode microphone so I have an actual uh, it's not the pod mic I use the uh, the, the Rodecaster um, Pro or no yeah no I can't remember the name of the damn microphone that I use because <laughs> it's so new but yeah, I use the the Procaster. That's it. The Rode, the Procaster, the, the professional quality microphone. And the board I have is the Rodecaster Pro. Yeah, so you can see where I get a little confused there. But anyway, that's what I use for my setup. And uh, I, I, I have to admit, uh, it, it has greatly improved the broadcast quality of of the show. The the production value just. I've always tried to give 
really good production value. And the production value just has, has gone up tremendously thanks to all this equipment that I bought. So uh, thanks to Rode for providing me with the equipment. Well, I purchased it, but still, I use it. So thanks, Rode. I appreciate it. And thank you, Robbie, for the uh, wonderful email that you wrote me. And if you guys have uh, any emails that you'd like to send me, good, bad, in between, want to say I suck, want to say I'm great, want to comment about the an episode or have an idea for an episode or whatever, just send me that email, sandman at parareality.com. There is no one who doesn't absolutely love this lady to death, and I'm no exception. Welcome back to Parareality, Amanda Woomer. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming back on. I was going to say, I was so excited when like, I kind of like put the feelers out for, for podcasts and stuff. You were the first one to respond. And I was like, yes, yes. the Sandman, he wants me back. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, you know, we, uh, we follow each other on social media and everything and, uh, you know, do the, uh, the obligatory likes of each other's posts every so often. And I knew you had something going on and, uh, I kind of had a, a little bit of an idea of, of, of what it was. And then when you put that that tweet out there you know I was I, I was like well I there's no way I'm gonna say no to this you know so yeah I'm super excited to have you back on the show and I'm really believe it or not this may sound weird coming from from a, a man but I'm really excited about what it is that you uh, have in the works and I, I I, I'm glad that, that you're using my podcast as a means to to get the message out there. So why don't, why don't you, uh, let's get into it. Why don't you tell us what, what the latest is? What are you working on? So basically, I have recently put out a call for submissions for a new journal that I'm working on. Um, this podcast is actually kind of the beginning of the promotions for it. So this is like yeah. the first time I'm really talking about it. Um, so um, this is a new journal um, that is highlighting the works of women in the paranormal. Yes. Um, we are call we are calling it the uh, Feminine Macabre, uh, which is a play on the Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan years ago that started the feminist movement. Um, yes. So the Feminine Macabre and um, I set out a call for submissions um, to weird women, spooky women. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if um, I've been telling people that if you are, you know, a paranormal investigator, a historian, um, you're into cryptids or witchcraft or the occult or dark history, murder mysteries, um, if anything is weird, strange and unusual, macabre, um, we we want to hear from you. Um so I tell people, you know, you could be a podcaster, you could be kind of like an armchair historian, you could be an actual ghost hunter or paranormal investigator, um, you could be really established and already have works published in the past, or you could be a completely, you know, a novice and a total newbie. Um, I would love to hear from you. Um, we've already gotten a bunch of submissions for this, um, and basically my whole hope for this is that it is a platform that women can use to kind of highlight the work and the research that they are doing in the paranormal. Um, you know, I feel like many, many times women are kind of forgotten when it comes to the paranormal. Um, and I'm not sure why. Um, like whenever I host uh, ghost hunts, public ghost hunts, probably at least 75% of the participants are female. Yeah. And half the time, the men that are there are like begrudgingly there because their girlfriends or uh, their wives drag yep. them there. Um, so, but for some reason, whenever like we watch TV or we see anyone in the spotlight, nine times out of 10, it's a guy. Yeah. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why that is. Um, I have some theories about mm. why. Um, but um, so this journal is kind of a way to give a voice to women in the field who are working just as hard as uh, the gentlemen in the field. Um, so I encourage anyone who's listening, if you identify as female, um, I did have an individual who um, they called themselves a thady instead of a lady. Um, they recognize themselves as uh, non-binary. Um, it is open to you as well. Um, so if you um, identify 
as, um, you know, either non-binary or female, um, I encourage you to, um, if you head to spookeats.com, that's where the submission guidelines are right at the top of the page. You can click on that, read up on it, um, see if what you've got cooking in your brain um, lines up with what we're looking for. Um, submissions are open until February 15th. Um, after that, they'll close for volume one. Um, volume one will be published on International Women's Day, just to be mm -hmm. totio totally stereotypical, yeah. <laughs> um, um, which is March 8th um, is when it will be coming out. Um, but my hope, um, if people don't get submissions in by then or if they don't necessarily get accepted into the first volume, that they will continue to submit because um, I do hope to continue uh, publishing this and doing kind of like a biannual once in March, once in September, kind of publish the works that ladies are doing in the paranormal throughout 2021 and then hopefully 2022 and yeah. uh, beyond. So <sighs> don't let the ramble. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. So what gave you, num number one, before I ask my question, is I want to revisit something that, that you kind of hit on, which is the lack of female representation in the paranormal field. And you, you really hit the nail on the head because I've been doing this a long time and I've been involved with and around all kinds of different paranormal groups throughout the years. And you are absolutely right. 75% at least of those groups are female. And when you, when you see the ghost tours or you have the ghost hunts or, or paranormal investigations, whatever you want to call it, most of the participants are female, but then you have mainstream media, you know, who you look at it and you have, you know, I, I guess the number one show that you would think about that would come to your head would be ghost adventures. And there's yep. no female representation on ghost adventures. Um, you know, there's, there's a show that was called ghost brothers and, um, <coughs> excuse me. There was one that had the, a group that was right down the road from me called the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. I don't think that they had any females on there. Uh, that it, but that's the one thing I had to say that the original Ghost Hunters did was they had female representation on their shows, and I really liked that. So you are uh, hitting the nail on the head there. Yeah, and I think what I've kind of gathered from talking with other female investigators um, about this topic is that I think at least in the 2000s and, you know, whatever you call them, the 20 teens, um, mm -hmm. I think the quote unquote bro culture was very popular with yeah. the paranormal where you had like, you know, these macho guys with their tight black t-shirts and they would stomp oh. through old abandoned buildings, antagonizing the demons and they're going <sighs> to conquer it. Yeah. And it makes great entertainment. It is entertaining. There is no doubt about it. And that makes great television. Yeah. And I think from like talking with fellow female investigators that women, again, this is, you know, just in general, this isn't saying, you know, in like everyone, everyone investigates right. differently. But a lot of times I think women take more of a laid back approach. Um, it's much oh, yeah calmer, much more empathetic. Maybe you try to get in tune with your emotions and your feelings a bit more. Um, you know, you try to kind of more connect with a place as opposed to conquer it. Right. Um, it's not nearly as aggressive and loud. Um, and that's kind of boring to watch. <laughs> it just, it is like, let's well, just be honest. Well, um, women are more nurturing by nature than, than men are. And I think if you had to do some, comparison over people who identify themselves as being empathic or psychic. Um, I think that you would see the overwhelming majority in my opinion would, would be women because I, I just think that they're uh, more, their minds are more open to stuff like that. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I think to, you know, sure, you know, having, you know, loudness and, what was that, bro? You know, and all that, all that stuff going <laughs> on. Yeah, I know. You know, you, you know, have, having that aspect of it, it, you do have to have that to make it entertaining. But I think as a good counterbalance, you also need to have somebody who is a voice of reason. And that's one of the things that I would have to say that I don't like about the aforementioned ghost adventures. And this is not, uh, I, I, I don't mean to badmouth them because I'm certainly not. Because I, I admit, I, 
I love that show. I'm pissed it's off. It's so that, entertaining. It is, and I'm pissed off that it's moving to Discovery Plus because I'm not paying to watch it. You know, I've, I already <laughs> pay enough as it is, so I'm a little pissed off. But anyway, before I get on my soapbox about that, uh, <laughs> you know, you one of the things that I that that is, to me is kind of a little bit of a detractor from the show is that they're all running around wanting all this stuff to happen. And then when it happens, they make this big hullabaloo about it and act like this, they're, you know, it's the most scary thing that's ever happened to them in the whole entire world. And they start running off yelling, dude, what was that? Did you hear that? Did you see that? I just saw something, bro. Don't come at me, you know? And just, I don't know. I, I, I wish they would, would, uh, do that part of it a little bit differently or maybe, bring someone in who is a little more, a bit more chill, but that's kind of the role that I see Jay Wosley is playing is he's, you know, that dude's chill and laid back, you know, yeah. and he doesn't get as much airtime as the others. So Cause it's not as entertaining. I guess so. But that's probably why I would never do good if I had my own, you know, ghost hunting show. I'm using my air quotes as I do that. Can, can you see <laughs> my air quotes? They look really cool. So, <laughs> You know, because I would, I am by my very nature is I'm, I'm chill and laid back, you know, and uh, I think that I would have a, I would have to have other people on my show who are, you know, big personalities because I, I'm just chill and laid back and, you know, instead of running off, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's all you got. I'm going to come, I'm going to come down there. I'm not going to run away from, from you. I'm going down the hall to see what you're doing, you know. But so, yeah, um, I think that it is great that, that you're wanting to bring this female aspect to the forefront. And it's probably something that, to be honest, is, is kind of overdue. You know, um, what gave you the, the idea, like, you know, what, what grew that, that spark into the flame to, to go ahead and get this project kicked off? Well, I did a very small project like this um last year around this time i was on um a show on paranormal buzz radio and we were just talking about the subject of women in the paranormal and it was more of a a history lesson we were talking more about the historic women in the paranormal like katherine crow and eleanor mm -hmm. sidgwick um and I, it got me thinking that i'm like you know most people probably don't even know these women's names um you know, I think the most famous female ghost hunter, quote unquote, or, or investigator, historically speaking, is probably Lorraine Warren. Yep. Um, and some people love her or hate her. You know, some people think that she and, and her husband, Ed, were kind of more con artists or tricksters. Some people are, you know, adamant that everything was real and they, they believe their work. Um, but aside from that, most people don't really know women in the paranormal. That is so um, true. And um, so it got me thinking, and that's kind of where I started thinking about, you know, with modern day paranormal investigators, you know, you really think of, you know, Katrina from Paranormal Lockdown or now Portals to Hell yeah, yeah. Um, or Amy of Kindred Spirits. Um, you know, those are probably the two main ones that pop to people's minds. But yeah. I started thinking about it. I'm like, but they don't have their own shows. If they do have a show, they're always sharing it with a man. Dude, yeah. Um, and it was just very interesting that like we have so many shows that have teams of men, but there's no show that has a team of women. Um, so I, I did a project for Haunted Magazine, um, and it still hasn't been published. Um, it's coming down the pike eventually. Um, but I basically interviewed a group of uh, paranormal investigators from all around the world. Um, I um, had several women from America, several women from England, um, several from uh, New Zealand, and just kind of talked to them about their experiences as female paranormal investigators. Uh, but that was kind of all I did for a while. And then um, around the holidays, I started thinking, you know, what are the projects that I want to try to take on in 2021? Um, you, know, you know, I wrote a bunch of books in quarantine, um, but what do I want to do in the new year? And I really just decided I really wanted to take this passion that I have of highlighting women in the paranormal, whether they're historical or modern, and really put them on a pedestal because, you know, they should be acknowledged and respected and heard. Um, so that was kind of the starting point. And then I just kind of threw out the, you know, the net, cast the net out, see if anyone's interested. And the feedback has just been 
absolutely incredible from both men and women, which is just such a relief because I was afraid yeah. people would be like, oh, you hate men. You yeah. know, where's the men's magazine? And Freaking so I'm feminist. glad I haven't yeah. gotten that. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how many uh, can can you say how many submissions you've received so far? Or do you want to keep that on the DL? So I won't keep it on the DL. It's okay. we've had it open for about a week now, um, and we've gotten about a dozen submissions. Um, seven have been officially accepted, officially unofficially. The emails have not gone out yet. Um, I won't officially announce who's accepted until after submissions closed. Right. Um, but uh, seven of them are hands down like they're fantastic. Um, I can't really put a cap on how many will go in there just because it's such a range of mm. uh, word counts. Um, so we're saying between 500 and 5,000 words, anywhere within that range. Oh, that's a big range. Um, it is. Um, most people are getting in around 1,500 to 2,000, which is great. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, so, but I didn't want to, you know, make a, you know, a thousand word minimum because some people are overwhelmed with a thousand words. 500 is more doable. Um, whereas some people could write 10,000 words, but we don't want to have, half a novel. Right. So let's tweak it down to 5,000 words. Um, so that's kind of the range that we're looking at right now. Obviously we're flexible. If you're at like 475 words, you're not going to be rejected just because yeah. you didn't hit the word count. This isn't, this isn't English class. It's fine. So what are, what are the, can you give me an, an idea of like, what are the kind of uh, submissions you're receiving? Is it like personal experiences? Is it more of, I was on this you know, investigation one time and this happened or, you know, when I was 12 and my grandmother died, she came to see me, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or... It's been a great range of topics. Um, I, I mean, I, I, it's a huge category. Women in the paranormal. What does it mean to you? Um, some women are taking it uh, very literal and focusing on what it's like to be a woman investigating the paranormal or yeah. focusing on the female aspect of the paranormal. Mm -hmm. um, one woman submitted a, a story, not a story, a piece about, um, she calls it um, Colorful Women. And it's basically about, you know, women in white, a lady in red. Um, you know, so, you know, why is it that we see ghosts and we always attribute them to the color of the dress that they're wearing? Um, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Um, other people are choosing to not look at the female aspect of things because they want to be seen as exactly the same as their male counterparts. Um, so we have some women who are focusing more on, you know, the theories behind paranormal investigating and mm -hmm. what could potentially be a ghost or highlighting their work on investigations and at these haunted locations. Um, so it's really been great. Um, seeing kind of how women are taking this and interpreting um, what it means to be a woman in the paranormal for them personally, um, which I think is, it, it's so insightful. Um, and just, it's just, it's a real honor for me to be able to read these pieces because it really gives you insight into what's going on in their minds and in their hearts while they're investigating. And I think it's good too, that you have such a wide range of, of different uh, viewpoints. And it's not just everyone wanting to tell what it's like for them being a female in what is perceived as a male-dominated uh, industry. Yeah, and uh, I definitely don't want it, it. It doesn't come off as like a, a man-hater yeah. <laughs> publication at all. So um, no one's going to say, oh, God, here like comes that. Amanda Woomer and her paranormal yeah. feminist magazine. You know, that's good. You know, and once again, I'm, I'm going to go out maybe on a little bit of a limb here and say I really don't think that females are the minority when it comes to this field. I think that the majority of, of, of investigators – are female. I would say at least 60%. And that's that's just that's just my opinion. No, and I agree with you 100%. Every time I'm at an event or I'm hosting an event, um and even like the people that I follow on social media, most of the time I'm finding, you know, it, it, women are kind of filling mm -hmm. in the spots and really stepping up to the plate. Um you know, and it's just, it just, it's very interesting to me 
that they're just not being highlighted in the mainstream media Mm -hmm. and spotlighted on television shows. Um, That's not like, you know, oh, we need to be given a TV show. That's not it at all. Um, But I, I just want, you know, people in the paranormal field and also outside of the paranormal field to realize that women play just as big a role Mm -hmm. as the men that they see on TV, if not bigger, Mm -hmm. Um, just because there are so many of us doing so many things. You know, you have, you know, women more on the spiritual aspect of things and you have them also more on the scientific end of things and then all the way in between. Um, So, you know, I feel like so many times women on the TV shows are called in as the spiritual guide or Mm -hmm. the psychic medium, you know, so they're more into that end of the spectrum. Whereas there's a heck of a lot of ladies out there that that's not what they do. They, you know, they use the gadgets and they look at the science and they get down and dirty and they're crawling through abandoned buildings, just like the guys. Um, So I, I want to be able to highlight the work that both these types of women do and everyone in between. And I think that just from the submissions that you're telling me that you've got, I think you're probably well on the way to doing that. Absolutely. And I, I'm hoping that they continue to come in. Um, again, um, if anyone who's listening, if you know, you get in before February 15th, you know, you might get accepted into the first volume, you know, you might get pushed back to the second volume, but I'm really hoping that this becomes kind of more of a long-term thing that we can create this publication and bring it out over and over and over again to kind of continue to keep women on people's radar in the paranormal field. And I think that is nothing but a good thing. Uh, like I said, it's, it's mainly made of, of, I think, women anyway. And, you know, when it comes to um, really just if, if you look at the TV shows, radio, podcasts, it's mostly guys and women just don't really get into the podcasting thing for whatever reason. It's it's funny. I like I I again I sent out tons of feelers to all of the podcasters that I follow and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. so interesting because again, I feel like most of the time I'm finding, yeah, it's gentlemen who are into the podcasting industry it's, it's for lack because of it a has better all term. The, it's because it has all this this gadgetry and equipment and all this other sorts of stuff. <laughs> you know how guys are fascinated by stuff like that. <laughs> so, but I am excited because I have found a lot of female-run shows as well. Um, especially, I'm especially a fan of the ones that are like I, I'm doing another show uh, next week called Haunts and Hops. So I'm like, ooh, hops, beer, I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then next week is Spirits and Spirits. So I'm like, yes, ladies, we are doing this. Mm. Um, Women associated so it, with alcohol. Hmm. Exactly. A pattern. Yes, right. I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so. You were talking about uh, there being this this uh, being in volumes, and before we got on the air, you mentioned about how you're going to publish this, which I thought was very unique. So tell everybody how this is going to be published. This is not going to be just an online journal. No. So this is going to be actually printed in hard copies. Um, I'm using the term journal, um, but it's more like an anthology. But an anthology usually has the connotation of fiction, and this is all works of nonfiction. Um, But it is going to be in basically a book format. Um, It's going to be published just like a book. Um, it's going to be bound. You you know, you will have a hard copy in your hands. You can flip through it. You can sniff it if you're a weirdo like I am. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so this will be the sort of thing that you can purchase. Um, and you'll be able to put it on your bookshelf. Um, you can give it to other people. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to produce an actual physical copy that people can enjoy. Um, it will be available, um, as an ebook as well, but um, we're really going to push the print. Um, I'm a sucker for printed books. Me I'm too. not really a huge ebook fan. Um, so it will be physical and an actual copy that you can hold with your own two hands. So I'm really, really excited. That is such a just unique idea of a way to do this. And it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a magazine. It's not an online blog or an e-zine or e-zine, whatever you want to call it. It's something that is more of a book type deal. And that is just, that's once again, very unique. I'm very 
very impressed by that. Uh, what gave you that idea to do it like that? So when I was first starting writing professionally, um, I started working with anthologies. Um, so I wrote fiction. Um, and I remember the first time someone actually accepted, was foolish enough to accept one of my <laughs> stories. Um, it was in a printed anthology. Mm -hmm. And I remember that first time getting a book with my name printed on it and I could open it up and I could give people copies of it. It was such a life-changing moment for yeah. me as a writer because I could finally say, I, I am published yeah. in a book. Um, that was so important for me in my writing journey. Um, and I, since then, you know, I've gone on to publish books myself, but I wanted to give other people that opportunity to experience that, to be able to say, I am a published author. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not just a writer. I'm an author. I'm published and he, you can buy my book. My book, um, yeah. So that was really, yeah, that's, that's the main reason why I wanted to do it like that as opposed to a magazine or something that you would just find online. Now, do you foresee this as being more of like something like a, a coffee table book or is this like, what's the, do you know the dimensions that this is going to be in? So it's going to be 10 by seven. So it's a little bit bigger. Like, so my books are usually okay. nine by six. Um, oh. So I did it a little bit bigger. Um, just so like if women are sharing photographs or mm -hmm. diagrams that they've come up with that it's easier to really see. Um, but I'm hoping that people, you know, break the binding and highlight it and take notes. You know, that some of these things that these women are coming up with are so, some of, some of the writing is so inspiring and poetic and other times it's so intelligent and I, I don't know, educational. Um, but done really well. So I'm hoping that people can be educated and entertained at the same time with the stuff that these women are writing. Wow. And tell me the dimensions again. It's 10 by? 7. 10 by 7. So it's more of what I would say I would describe as a, as a, as a coffee table book. And what I mean by coffee table book is one of those, you know, those big books that they're not really super thick. They're kind of, they're more thin, you know, but they're like an I don't know. Never mind. I don't even know where I'm. <laughs> don't even know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I can see what I'm talking about in my head, but trying to make it come out where you can understand it just doesn't. It doesn't translate. We'll just forget <laughs> I ever said anything about it. No. <laughs> so you've got several writers that that have already done submissions for you, and you're you're getting in more by the day. Do you have a like a, a cutoff, like I'm only, I only want to take this many people or is it just based upon what's good enough to make it by the cutoff date? I'm doing more so by the date as okay. opposed to by the number of people who submit. Um, just because, you know, I, I told people it's open until the 15th. So there are some people that they will procrastinate mm -hmm. until the 14th yep. at midnight. Right. Um, so, and I don't want to necessarily cut them off just because we've hit our quota, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to keep things open until the 15th. After that, you know, if it's the sort of thing, my hope is that there are so many submissions that are just so great that I have to accept them, that I have to tell people, hey, I love it, but we can't fit it in this first volume. It's going in volume two. Um so if that happens, that would be amazing and great. Um, and don't be upset if that's the response that you end up getting. Uh, it's a compliment. It means that you're accepted. Just, well, yeah. you know, we've just filled the quota for bit. book one. Yeah, yeah. So so it's going to be um, like open-ended as far as how big the book is going to be as, as far as content then. Yes, I would like okay. it to not be too big, just because like the very first book I ever published, The Haunted Atlas of Western New York, it turned out to be a beast. It was way bigger than I wanted. Um, so I'm definitely going to keep that in mind. I want it to be an easy book for people to read and not like a giant like encyclopedia or Harry Potter style <laughs> book. <Yeah. laughs> um, so it'll definitely be, I won't say on the smaller side, but I'm hoping, you know, 200 300 pages maximum i'm thinking at least okay. in my mind that's readable yeah that's a weekend read if you if you yeah. like to if you like to read yeah that's not bad. there's pictures in there too yeah yeah sure and, and maybe some diagrams and yes i'm hoping <laughs> yes so what is the latest going on with uh spookies 
So Spook Eats itself is still locked down in quarantine. Oh mm. my goodness. Um, so, <laughs> so um, basically Spook Eats um, for new listeners um, is my website that I visit haunted restaurants, bars, and hotels, and I review the food and then I share the ghost stories. Um, and it's kind of a haunted guide to haunted hospitality. Um, so almost, it's been almost a year, oh my gosh, since I've gotten to go to a new restaurant um, to do a review. So since then, I've been writing books. Um, in quarantine. And since the last time I was on the show, I have released um, two more books kind of outside of the Spook Eats umbrella. Um, the first one was called The Ghosts of the Ghost Light Theater. Mm -hmm. um, and this was actually a fundraiser that I did for the Ghost Light Theater. Um, okay. It's a local theater in my hometown. Um, I've been a member for, oh gosh, 16 years now gross wow. that's terrible to think about oh my gosh um, but um they're definitely struggling because of the pandemic they can't put on any of their productions and it's been almost a year since they've been able to sell tickets or make any money um it has a very special place in my heart um it is the most haunted place that i've ever been to but i do think that's just because i've spent the most time there mm. um but I wanted to find a way to help them. So I came up with the Ghost of the Ghost Light Theater. And basically, it is over 100 firsthand accounts of cast members, crew members, and even audience members um, who have experienced paranormal activity while in the theater. 100% um, of the proceeds go right back to the theater. I don't take any of it. Um, and it's been great. We've raised thousands of dollars um, for the this local theater it's been such a great uh response um i'm i'm so excited that you know every time i can write them a check and hand it over it just if it, it, it feels like i can do some good in a crazy That's world great. that feels like it's spiraling out of control mm -hmm. um, so so i i'm very excited about that book um and then the second book I have just released around Christmas time was Krampus's Great Big Book of Yuletide Monsters. Yes. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was a picture book for little kids, but I also say kids at heart, um, all about uh, Krampus and the spooky Christmas monsters that you find all over the world. Um, from, you know, the Belsnickel, uh, Frau Perkta, uh, the Yule Lads, the Yule Cat. Um, so that was a lot of fun to do. Um, I actually wrote that last year around this time, and I waited until Christmas uh, to release it. So um, so I've been busy at home, but I'm definitely itching to be able to get back out into the world and start actually doing Spook Eats reviews again. Yeah, I miss it so much. I bet. I'm kind of jealous of, of, of that. <laughs> I wish I had thought of something like that. that is, <laughs> it is so unique that uh, – I mean, you're the only person that's doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there will be copycats, but you are the original, the innovator, the OG. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just have to ask this question about the Krampus books. Um, have you gotten any like negative comments based on the fact that this is a children's book and it's Christmas and it has all these scary monsters and stuff in it? Have you gotten any negative? feedback from anyone going, you know, saying, what the hell are you doing trying to scare my kid or you're going to confuse my kid or anything like that? So far, not to my face. Okay. <laughs> um, not that I know of. Um, I do, I call it uh, creepy books for creepy kids. Um, okay. And there's a little badge on the cover that says that. Um, so, and the cover has like a fireplace with scary faces in the fire. Um, so if parents don't kind of, put two and two together um it's not my fault um, yeah. but I kind of describe it as like Coraline where it's for kids but it is freaky um okay. and I definitely toned down some of the stories like there are some stories I know like Frau Perkta from like Austria and Germany like if you're bad she'll sneak into your room and slice your gut open and like rip out your innards and stuff you with rocks and straw well, okay. I don't talk about that per se. Yeah. I definitely like tiptoe around that mm -hmm. part of the story. Um, so like it has kind of like the darker side of the Christmas tales, but not so blatantly obvious um, okay. that parents would be like, what the heck is wrong with this lady? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. That's good to know in case I want to get it for one of my 
have children, something like that. Yes, it's. I I like to think it's okay for kids, but like my 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 kid is too little to read, and so I'm like, yeah, it's fine for him. Yeah. So. <laughs> like older kids, older kids. Yeah, I mean, I would say because I also have the Cryptid ABC book, which is very yeah. similar. Um, that's obviously for a younger audience. Um, with the ABCs, and that has like some like W is for Wendigo, and it's like, well, the Wendigo like makes you crazy and like causes yeah. cannibalism. Well, we don't talk about that in this. No, story. no, no, no. <laughs> um, so it's definitely I would say it's rated PG, not okay. G. Okay, I can live with that. <laughs> and uh, a question I wanted to ask you about the Ghost Light Theater. Now, this is a live theater this is not like theater that shows movies this is a stage theater yep they do uh, i think four plays and a musical every year wow we've got this place here in nashville called the bell court um it's not haunted as far as i know i've never heard anything about it but it was one of uh nashville's original movie theaters and um god i can't remember I think like 1918 or something like that. And it was, it was originally a stage theater and they can, you know, when the move, the talking pictures came out, you know, they, they started showing movies there as well. But, um, it is, it's, it's an independent place. It's not, uh, you know, owned by like Regal or AMC or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. nonprofit, totally 100% independent. And they still had a lot of the original uh, furnishings and decorations and stuff for when it was originally opened. And I love going in that place because they show movies that you're just not going to see anywhere else. And you always felt like you needed a bath and a tetanus shot after you walked (laughs) out of there. And a few years ago, they had this big fundraiser, and they raised like $5 million, and oh totally, they gutted it and totally renovated it and made it all modern and everything, and it lost, no. I know it lost like 100% of its charm. I mean, uh. it, it needed updating. It really did, you know, but I wish they would have left a little bit of the originality of it. I mean, it is totally like, the only thing that's the same is the location and the name, you know? That's a shame. I know because I believe it or not, I really liked coming out of there, going, "Man, I need a, I need to go get a tetanus." I shot. need to take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, but you know, I, I saw, I've seen movies there that I, there's no way that you would see movies like that anywhere else, you know. And during the summertime, they used to uh, show movies in the parking lot. They painted a big screen on the side of the building, and they would show movies in the parking lot, and it was free. And you just, oh my gosh! Yeah, you would come and and uh, bring your family and you know chips and drink and all your lawn chairs and everything, and you sit out in the parking lot and sweat to death in the <laughs> summer heat and and watch some some good free movies. So I just kind of reminded. I don't know why that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I just wanted to talk about it anyway. So no, it sounds <laughs> like it was wonderful. Shame it, on them. Bah. Come uh, on, guys. Well, you know, they're still around. They still show all, you know, the, the stuff that you're never going to see anywhere else. It's just not the same environment anymore. Yeah. So, that God, I was going to, that reminded me of something else I was going to ask you, and then it just, it just went straight out of my head. So, we'll just wing it from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we haven't been doing that already. I so, know, right? <laughs> so, you've got, uh, you've got, tell us the books. You've got five books out now, right? Yes. So I have um, The Ghost of the Ghost Light Theater, which I mentioned, and Mm -hmm. The Krampus' Great Big Book of Yuletide Monsters. Um, Then my first book that I published came out last, no, two Novembers ago now. What's weird? 2020. What happened, man? Um, So in 2019, I came out with A Haunted Atlas of Western New York. Um, And that was the first book that I wrote. Um, And then um, while in quarantine, I wrote, um, I started a, a series Book one is the only one that's out right now, so it's not really a book series. Um, But the series is called The Spirit Guide, um, and the first one was America's Haunted Breweries, Distilleries, and Wineries. Um, That book was so much fun to write. Um, I was actually pregnant while I was researching it and writing it, 
um, which was the worst decision because mm. I was just reading about all of this beer and, <laughs> you know, whiskey and wine. And I was like, oh, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> um, so I so, guess spirit uh, guide is a double entendre there. It has two meanings. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm working on um, the next one, which is um, Haunted Hotels. Um, but that'll be sometime this year. I'm not 100% sure when. Um, it's still majorly in the works. Yeah. Um, and then the fifth book was the Cryptid ABC book, um, which right. was book one in Creepy Books for Creepy Kids. Um, so, yeah, five books in almost a year. It was all I was That's doing during writing, quarantine. <laughs> wow. I would go nuts. That's a lot of writing. I love doing it, though. I, I wasn't working. I was pregnant. I couldn't go anywhere. So I was like, well, might as well write a book, I guess. Yeah, and that's another thing. Congratulations on having Baby Spook Eats. Thank you. Baby Spook Eats is uh, doing healthy and and uh, everything's good, right? Yeah, he's uh, I feel bad. He's living in a bubble right now. He's like he <laughs> if he ever leaves the house, it's like, well, we're going on a walk. We haven't gone anywhere. We haven't done anything. So he hasn't experienced much of life yet. But Plenty hopefully later this year, once, yeah. you know, things hopefully kind of settle down a little bit, maybe he'll get yeah. to experience a bit uh, more than what's what's left of the world. He'll be able to. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> yeah right. What's left of it. <laughs> so how can people grab copies of any or a Better yet, all five of your books. Um, so if you head to um, spookeats.com slash slash, sorry, um, shop, um, that's where you can find all of the books. Um, we have um, signed copies if you're interested in that sort of thing. Um, we can personalize them as well. Um, so that's where um, you can get all of, uh, all of my books, um, including the Ghost of the Ghost Light Theater, um, even though the money goes uh, you know, back to the ghost light. Um, and then that's also where the feminine macabre will be available eventually as well. All right. And before we, uh, we're running down on time here. So before we run completely out of time, tell everybody again real quickly about the feminine macabre, what it is and how they can submit to it. Okay. So feminine macabre, ladies, weirdos, strange ladies. Um, if you have any, you know, experiences with the paranormal, with cryptids, uh, witchcraft, the occult, dark history, murder mysteries, the macabre. Um, we want to hear from you. Um, so if you head to spookeats.com, um, there's a uh, page for submission guidelines to submit a piece of nonfiction um, to the journal. And we are accepting submissions for volume one until February 15th. Um, volume one will be published or released, I should say, on March 8th, which is International Women's Day. Um, and yeah, if you identify as female or non-binary, we want to hear from you, um, whether you are a historian, a paranormal investigator, a podcaster, uh, you're into folklore. Um, I want to hear from you. Um, so definitely, definitely head to spookeats.com and you can find all of the information about the feminine macabre. All right, everyone, this has been Amanda Woomer from Spook Eats, where, oh, God, man, I remembered. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt myself. I remembered what it was I was going to ask you. <laughs> yes. So you, you said you were going to do some uh, haunted uh, hotels and stuff for your next book. Now, have you given any thought to the Hermitage Hotel here in Nashville? I'm writing it down right now. There you go. <laughs> always ha always have a notepad nearby there you go you need you need to look up uh some stuff on the hermitage hotel and uh if you want a little bit of uh insider information i've never been there i'm not i mean i've been you know i've been to the hermitage hotel I've never stayed or tried to do an investigation let me put it that way um but it is one of the older hotels right smack dab in the middle of downtown nashville uh safe from the bombing by the way just in case you're wondering oh yeah um, and uh, there's a couple of different hauntings that uh, take place in there. So, uh, yeah, offline, we'll, uh, I'll fill you in on some of that. Yes, yeah. please do. Yes, I certainly will. Well, okay, everybody, this has been, that was my squirrel moment, so thank you for bearing <laughs> with me that. This has been Amanda Woomer from Spook Eats. If you are a female paranormal investigator, researcher, experiencer, witch, Wiccan, psychic, empathic, into the paranormal, whatever, and you want to be included in her 
journal, The Female Macabre, or excuse me, her anthology, The Female Macabre. Get in touch with her. Go to spookeats.com, and you can find out how you can do your submissions. It's right there on top of the homepage. And uh, look, I, I highly suggest that everybody follow this lady on social media. Uh, just look for Spook Eats on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Did I miss anything? No, that's it. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, who else has the, the word Spook Eats? I mean, you're not going to find anyone else that's got it. So there's only one Spook Eats. There's only one Amanda Woomer. This is her. She's been my guest here tonight on Pair Reality. Amanda, thank you so much for appearing on the show and talking about your wonderful project. I'm really looking forward to this thing coming out. I may even buy a copy. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me back on. I really, really appreciate your support in this project. Yes, thank I, you. Thank you. I, I'm, I can't believe I was the first uh, podcast that to like say, Hey, let's do this. So I feel I'm like, I'm like, yes, I was first in something. Finally. You know? <laughs> say you wear that as a badge of honor. Yes, yes. I want that put like put that in small print, like at the very yeah. end of your anthology. Like you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll slip you a couple of bucks uh, to cover there the cleaning cost. <laughs> well, if you'll do me a favor, man, and just hang on the line here after we're after we're done. I just want to uh, want to talk to you offline for just a minute. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for being on the show. Everybody, this was Amanda Woomer from Spook Eats. If, uh, like I said, you want to, uh, if you're a female and you're into the paranormal, if you're an investigator or if you had some sort of strange experience or maybe you're, you're just a researcher or you have something you want to get off your chest, had a got a spooky story you want to tell and you want to be in print, this is your chance. Go to spookeats.com and look for the submission guidelines. Thank you, everybody for listening to this, and thank you, Amanda, for appearing on the podcast tonight. I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality. Let me know what your ideas and thoughts about it are. Send me an email, sandman at parareality.com, or get in touch with me through my social media accounts. That would be the Parareality page on Facebook, facebook.com slash sandman.parareality, or get in touch with me through Instagram or Twitter. My username is at Radio. That's at Para Real Radio, or call that studio line 615-692-1170 and leave a message. And hey, my website, parareality.com, man, that is a great place where you can keep up on all the latest paranormal news from around the world. If you like paranormal news, man, just go to parareality.com and click on the Para News tab. And I've got an entire page of the website devoted to nothing but paranormal news. Now, that content's updated almost on a daily basis. And you can get all your fill of the latest paranormal weird news, UFOs, aliens, ancient astronauts, paranormal, cryptozoological, you name it. If it's kind of a weird and funky news story, I've got it right there on the Paranews page on the website at parareality.com. And speaking of parareality.com, you can also, while you're there, shop around in the Parareality store and uh, buy some swag, help support the show so I can keep bringing you good quality content. You can also watch some of the terrible videos that I've made over the years on that short, very short-lived web series that I tried to do by myself. It was horrible, I admit it, but I put the content up there uh, so you can you know, have it for your viewing pleasure. I've uh, updated and changed the website up a little bit, added some content, moved some pages around, and I think made it a little bit more user-friendly. So be sure to check out parareality.com, especially if you want to buy some swag and support the show. I would really appreciate it. And if you're one of those people, I keep saying, hey, you can get in touch with me you know, through my social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. But if you're one of those people who don't really do social media or maybe you don't have Facebook or you don't have Twitter or Instagram, you have one but not the other, and you don't want to create an account just to follow the podcast, don't worry about it because I got you covered on that. I now have an entire page of parareality.com that's devoted solely to my social media accounts. That's right. Every Facebook post or tweet or Instagram picture or whatever can be found right there on the website. So if you, you don't have to create a social media account if you don't want to, or if you don't have, you know, if you don't want a Facebook page, 
you don't have to make one. Or if you have Facebook and Instagram, but you don't want to do Twitter, don't worry about it. You can follow me on Twitter. I use Twitter more than I use anything else. So that's where I do a lot of, a lot of stuff. But anyway, if you don't want to create a, a social media account, but you still want to follow the show, don't worry about it. Just go to perrealty.com and look on the social media. And that's where you can find out all about what's happening behind the scenes of the podcast, because social media is where I post a lot of interesting articles, show topics and other fun stuff like my travels and my paranormal investigations and stuff like that. So parareality.com is really your one-stop shopping for everything that's going on in the world of parareality. And you can, like I said, find out all your, your latest paranormal news from all around the world. Parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just open up that app and search for Parareality. And if you got a smart speaker, you can listen there too. If you got any of the all those mentioned already before mentioned podcast skills on your uh, device, just say play the Para Reality podcast, and bam, there you go. You're listening to the podcast. I've also got that YouTube account. Don't forget that you can listen to audio of the podcast there too, and it's full of some great video. Not just bad videos, but it's also full of some really good videos like UFO and paranormal documentaries. I had a, a little bit of a news segment that I had started up right before COVID hit, and I haven't had time to work on it, but I'm hopefully going to bring that back. So it's called News of the Strange. I got like three total episodes up on there. You can look at that too, and don't forget about those really horrible web videos that I did on my short-lived web. TV show. So to find the channel, just go to youtube.com slash user slash parareality1 and you can look at all those good and bad videos. And I've also got that Patreon account for the podcast and I'd love it if you sign up to be a patron. There are three tiers of support and all are extremely affordable. They start out at $5 a month and go down and each level offers exclusive content along with the ability to help create podcast episodes and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host. So to learn more, head on over to uh, patreon.com slash parareality. Now, 100% of the proceeds from Patreon goes back into to producing this podcast. I don't make any money off of this podcast, and I, even though I would love to, as I said at the beginning of the show, I, I know that's not happening, but it does cost me money to produce this podcast. So any money that I make from my swag or from Patreon uh, goes right back into the monthly bills for the podcast. Now, speaking of the Patreon account, it's uh, if you want to join, you will when you join, you will be an official agent of chaos, K-A-O-S, knowledgeable apprentices of Sandman. I didn't make that up. Someone else did it for me. I thought it was great. So I'm using it. So if you want to be an agent of chaos, head on over to Patreon and join up $5 a month or less. And you can be an agent of chaos. And I would appreciate it. All your support, I would appreciate it. All right, everybody. The next episode of Parareality will be on, let's see, what is it? February the 5th at 8 o'clock p.m., Central Time, so make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I got another special guest on the show, and uh, it is a numerologist, and we're going to be talking about all things numerology. I'm, I'm going to call it like Numerology 101. It's like an introductory uh, uh, lesson to numerology, and I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to get this person on the on the podcast so she can tell you all about numerology. That's going to be on February the 5th. That's Friday, February the 5th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time, make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this podcast opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Hope you have a wonderful evening. I'll see you guys again on February the 5th. Good night, everybody. Have a great weekend. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.